Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, November 29th, 2020, we bring you a special Baptism Sunday sermon by Pastor Bob Wade titled, Why Baptism Matters. Enjoy. I gotta be honest with you, um, I I really like to teach God's word. I I mean, it's a wonderful thing, but this is actually my favorite, my favorite Sundays of the year is to hear believers both brand new to the faith and people that maybe been believing for a long time, but come to the place where they get to, in front of their peers, tell you how much that they trust the Lord, how much they love the Lord. There's not a better sermon than that. It's an amazing moment, and so this morning we're gonna get a chance to celebrate that. Before we do, though, we're gonna talk just a little bit about baptism. The word baptism itself is actually seen in two verbs in the New Testament. Bapto, which is used like four times, means to dip or to immerse, to go down under the water. And then there's the word baptizo, which is used, I actually didn't count how many, just used a lot of times. And it means to dip completely. Neither of them mean to sprinkle. That's a different word completely um, in the Greek language to do that. But I want to be really clear. We practice as a church immersion. We baptize someone down, and I'll explain why in just a minute, down into the water, and, and it'll make sense to you. But we don't have a problem if for some medical reason the doctor has told you you can't do that. I don't think Jesus is gonna be offended by the fact that going, well, you know, they really can't let you go down. We're not gonna worry about that. I'll stand before the Lord on that one, okay? If you feel that God is calling you to be baptized and you can't go down into the water, you're gonna be okay with us. Now, baptism is uh, one of the two symbolic ordinances that the the church has left to it. It's it's baptism and communion. Both of them, we're gonna practice actually this morning, both of them really speak about what Jesus has done. The fact that they're symbolic should not be a turnoff to you. They're this wonderful picture that the Lord wants us to have, to understand completely, to be able to see it and go, I get it. That helps us in our faith. Now, the first aspect of baptism that you need to understand is the issue of identification. Baptism is about identification with the gospel. Baptism is the public and symbolic identification with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It is a visible and verbal recognition of a spiritual act. Maybe you've heard it said like this before. It's an outward sign of an inward work. Here's what it is. Baptism is is the idea that a believer would go over to a tank of water like this and go down into the water like someone would be laid down into a grave. You literally go under the water like you would go under the dirt or under the earth and you go down and you're buried. And then because of the efforts of someone else, you would be raised back up again, which is the picture of the resurrection. So that you could walk in newness of life. That is the picture. Romans chapter six really kind of spell this out and make it very simple for us to understand. Romans chapter six, verses one and two say this. It says, what shall we say then? Are we continue in sin that grace may abound? 
By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Then he says in verse three, do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And so when you and I come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are literally immersed by faith into Jesus' death. You died with him. And let me tell you why that's important, because that's where your sins were all wiped out. Because of what he did. Verse four. It says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so when we come to faith in Christ, verse four tells us that we have been buried with him through baptism. Verse five then says, and if we are united with him in death, we will also be united with him in the resurrection. What you see there is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Baptism is the symbolic identification with the gospel story. That's how important it is. The gospel is not Jesus loves me. The gospel is not Jesus forgives me. Those are wonderful, amazing truths. The gospel is, according to 1 Corinthians 15, verses three and four, tells you it is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. When I believe that, when I trust in that, that is life-changing in my life. Now, people have stopped me and asked me, said, you know, that's a kind of a, almost a complicated thing. When, they'll ask this question, say, when can my kids be baptized? And my answer typically is this, when you can sit down and explain to your kids that truth and they get it. It's not an age issue. It's an issue of can I understand what Jesus did for me and that symbolically I'm doing when I get baptized is I'm going down under that water proclaiming that death, being buried, and then coming back up by the power of another one being raised back up again, resurrected to walk a brand new life. It's an amazing picture. Now there's a second aspect of baptism and that is the issue of obedience. And it's obedience two ways. It's obedience by the church, and I don't mean a building, I mean us as the people, and, and obedience by individual believers. In Matthew chapter 28, at the very end of Jesus' ministry, at, at the end of chapter 28 there, you'll see Jesus is literally ascending into heaven as he's going up. I mean, this miraculous moment. His last words there to his, to his followers there is this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, if you take those words and you break them down just a little bit, here's what he's saying, go therefore and make followers. You know how you do that? You share the gospel. You tell the gospel story. Go therefore, your assignment, church, go give the gospel message. And when you do that, then the next thing you do is you baptize or you get people to understand the gospel message and then they declare it by an act of baptism for everyone to see that they believe it too. That's the command to the church. 
Now the command to individuals is a little bit different. Acts chapter two, verses 38, start, we'll start right there actually, verse 38 says this, and that is Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That word for there, that preposition, it's probably better translated because. What he's saying here is repent. In other words, get your life right. Come to the Lord, confess your need for him and then make it public. Be baptized. Verse 41, keep going here, he says, so then those who received his word, in other words, those who believed, were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. So in other words, after they believed, 3,000 people at that time got up and confessed Christ. They confessed Christ by going and getting into the waters of baptism, saying, I believe that Jesus died and that he rose again, and my faith, I am with him. And I am doing this to proclaim to all of you, I trust him. I believe that I'm in him. It's clear here that the Lord is calling us to a public identification with Christ. So why is it then people don't get baptized? Why is it people don't always respond? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. One is I think a lot of people would simply say, you know what, I was baptized as an infant and I just think that's sufficient. And let me be really clear here. I don't wanna downplay what your parents did at all. What your parents did was they identified with a believing community. That's what they did. And you know what, I applaud them for doing that. That's a wonderful thing. But that wasn't your choice. See, we practice believers of baptism. We practice the opportunity for you to take that moment to declare yourself, not your parents, but for you to declare yourself, I do trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for my life. There's a second reason, I think, and that is sometimes believers don't get baptized simply because they're unaware of the importance of it. I don't know if you've had that sort of sacred moment that when you're with somebody at the end of their life because the things that they tend to say right there we hold on to. Imagine Jesus ascending, literally rising up, going up into the air, going up to heaven, his last words declared something vitally important. Go and make followers and baptize them. Baptism is an important thing. There's a third reason why, and I think sometimes it just comes down to simple pride. I mean, we're just, there's this fear of humbling ourselves in front of other people. I, I don't want to do that. I get it completely, I, but I want to encourage you that to do this, we will not let you fall or fail. We will not hold you under the water too long. <laughs> Last year, I actually had one woman said, you know, I've been especially bad. Could you hold us down and be a little bit longer? <laughs> I said, you know, I don't, the water isn't gonna wash that off. That's not gonna happen, okay? There's a fourth reason why is that somebody simply doesn't see it as a priority. They haven't taken it seriously. You know, I, I did that, I prayed that prayer. I'm good. No, there is a point that that identification needs to become public because Jesus asked to do it that way. And fifthly, some people are simply well, let's put it, they would just refuse. I'll do it my way. Baptism does not save you. 
Baptism does not make you more secure in your faith. It will not make you holier. It is an issue of identifying with Christ. It is an issue of obedience. And finally, it is an issue of your testimony. Because see, baptism is an opportunity to publicly confess that you trust in the Lord and that you love him. It's a desire to to tell everyone that you want to live a brand new life. Colossians chapter three, verses one through, we just finished our study in the book of Colossians last week, but Colossians three, one through three says this, if you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life was hidden with Christ in God. Folks, this is your opportunity. You know, maybe you were baptized a long time ago, and it just didn't mean much to you? Or maybe you just sense that you need to be again, you need a fresh start in your life. Make this your declaration of love and trust to the Lord. We have, a, we have everything set up for you. If God is calling you to be baptized, we have changes of clothes, towels, all of it. We have places and rooms and and tents set up for people to change. Um, We have whole teams of people on the men's side, on the women's side to help you and, and to make this easy for you. You don't have to make a speech. All you have to do is agree about Jesus being Lord and trusting in him. Your friends and family can watch They could tune in later and see that. We just want you to know that if God is tugging at your heart, listen, obey, follow. It's a good time to do that. And so I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up and join me. I'm gonna invite the baptismal team to come and make their way down to the fronts here to be a part of that. And I'm gonna ask you to simply pause where you're at and let me pray, and you can pray with me. Maybe God wants to use you at this time. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would move in a powerful and mighty way on the hearts of people here this morning. Lord, we want to be obedient. We want to follow you. We want to make this declaration so that you would receive honor for all that happens. We pray that as we worship you, that as we stop and even ultimately at the end of the service take communion together, that we remember the beauty of what you have done and that we simply have done it in obedience to follow you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, you remember earlier I said that um, baptism and communion were the two ordinances that the Lord left with us. These two symbolic pictures Of course, the the symbolism I explained over and over again is that uh, baptism is going down into the ground, into the grave, being buried and then raised up. It's our belief and trust in that. It's a beautiful picture of what God has done. Not what you've done, what God has done. The second is also an amazing picture. Communion. And I want to ask one more time too, if you did not get one of these and you'd like to have one for communion, would you just kind of put your hand up and someone will get you one right now? If you need one, just keep it up until they come. Let me just explain this just a little bit. Communion is this amazing and wonderful picture 
of the Lord's body being broken and then his blood being shed for us. It's meant to be remembered. For as often as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death and, until you come. It's meant to be remembered because, see, that remembrance of what the Lord's done in our lives is a very powerful thing that happens to us. It reminds us of this amazing sacrifice and it reminds us of the commitment because John 15, 13 tells us that greater love is no one than this than one lay down his life for his friends. This amazing commitment that Christ has for us that every time we take it, we remember what he did. But there's a warning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, let a person examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup so that we would not take it in a bad way. And so here's the, the point that starts with us. I want you to take a moment right where you're at just between you and the Lord, maybe you need to have your eyes closed for a minute, not because there's anything uniquely spiritual because you don't look at anything else. But just take a moment right where you're at. Would you just stop and make sure that your heart is completely right with the Lord? And then we'll come back in a minute and we'll walk through this together. Would you take a moment right where you're at and do that? that night in an upper room nothing uniquely spiritual about an upper room it was a place that they rented that Jesus took bread and he tore it in half and he passed it around and he said do this because this will remind you that I'm going to be broken my body will be broken for you tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 that after supper, a little while longer, Jesus stopped and he took a cup and he passed it around. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant meaning it would be his sacrifice that would save us. It would not be the, the sacrifice of animals that would simply cover up a debt that we had in the past. It would be his sacrifice that would save us. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for so many who have publicly declared that they trust you, that they love you, that they want to walk with you. And Father, we remember your sacrifice for us. We pray that our lives would never be the same, Lord. And we would remember these two symbols as powerful reminders of what you have done for us 
We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, this morning, this morning has been all about a testimony of the greatness of God and people trusting in him. Let your week, this week, be just that. Trust in the Lord. God bless you. Love you all.